Hey everybody and welcome to the NatX podcast. I'm super excited to share the wisdom that uh, one of my business besties and naturopathic <laughs> practitioner, people who are in alignment with the way that, um, that I really love to do business and do practice, uh, Jules Galloway. She's an extraordinary human being who has uh, graced many, many a stage, has her own podcast, online course, and has a beautiful practice in um, Byron Bay. Hi, Jules. Hey, how are you doing today? Really good. Is there anything I missed in your introduction? No, I was just having a little giggle when you said I'd graced many a stage. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I have graced many a stage. It's true. (laughs) The beauty is you get to grace our stage, but where did your stage gracing originally begin, Jules? Let's just say I was wearing a lot less clothing, wasn't I? (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah. So, long story short, I used to be a showgirl in Melbourne in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Um, and that, yes, that did involve wearing no clothes. So, yes, I used to dance for a living. And how did you make the leap from there to now uh, running a bustling practice and, um, and doing the things that you do now? There were, there were many steps along the way. There, it also, it really happened in stages. Um, I was dancing because I, it was a, it's actually a very long story, but I was dancing because I was kind of in between jobs and didn't know what I wanted to do and had, you know, had not that many options at that stage. So I fell into dancing because I applied for a job as a receptionist at a men's club and there's no receptionist job going just quietly. So from there, I, I danced for a while and made some pretty good money while I figured out what the hell I was going to do with my life. And I met some people who led me down the path of naturopathy and I actually went to see a naturopath and, you know, got healed and decided I wanted to be a naturopath. And so then I turned the dancing into the vehicle to get me there, which was pay for the school fees. And so as soon as I had finished four years, you know, the degree that I did at the Southern School in Melbourne, that Christmas, so I did my exams in what, November, that Christmas I danced my last stage show and then decided to transform myself into a naturopath the following year. I love that and I love that you utilised the bits and pieces and parts of your life to transform into your next thing. And I've seen a couple of different transformations and different directions that um, your very diverse practice comes into. Um, So you um, transformed into the naturopath and then you have used that as a vehicle, same kind of scenario where you have used that as a vehicle to then transform to an uh, an amazing um, uh, teacher, sharer, wisdom sharer uh, in the podcasting space. So sharing your wisdom, uh, speaking to other um, incredible people in your your world and sharing that wisdom as well. And then uh, creating an e-course as well, sharing your wisdom when it comes to leveraging what you uh, learnt from your um, burnout situations and how that helps people. And then you're sharing your space to create a platform to speak on. Tell me about how you came about all of these different, all of these different ways and means to do what you do. 
Ah, I think one thing just led to another, just led to another, and I get bored easily. And I, oh, <laughs> I'm a terrible employee. You can ask my husband; he's in the next room. He's like, oh, she's a terrible employee. Like, I've just got a crap attitude unless I really love and respect the person I'm working for and we have to be on exactly the same page. And as soon as I find out we're not, my brain is gone. So I, I'm always better off working for myself. And, but I also get bored easily. And if you park me in the same four walls, that's it. Like I, I'm not happy. I'm never happy. Right? Even when I was dancing, I would move to different clubs and then eventually I became what they called a circuit girl, which meant that you would go to the different clubs and get paid to do a stage show and then you would leave and go to the next club. So four walls are like the enemy to me. So I had to find a way of practising that didn't make me feel like a caged animal. And, you know, there was, there was some things going on as well. Like when I burned out, because I worked in corporate naturopathy for a while. I worked for vitamin companies. Like I actually really loved the job, but it, and because the job that I had involved both because I had a couple of jobs in corporate and it involved a lot of travel. So that was really great. Like the, the need was being met for the diversity of the job and they're not the same four walls. But then what happened is I burned out because of all the travel. Like I woke up one morning and I looked out at my hotel room window and I couldn't literally could not remember what city I was in and all the grey skyscrapers, I was like, I'm none the wiser, I can't see any landmarks. And I thought, this should only happen to rock stars waking up and not knowing where they are. So, yeah, that had to go. And we moved up to Byron Bay and I was sitting up here. I was actually working in a health food shop for someone that I really didn't like. He was eating meat pies out the back. So <laughs> yeah, that didn't last long. <laughs> and that was just a stopgap. It's like I'm not going to hang out my shingle until I know that I'm not stepping on people's toes. I'm just moving. I've moved from Melbourne to a country town. I want to make some friends. Probably don't want to cut their grass just yet, right? That was my mindset. So it's like, no, I want to work with these people. I want to collaborate with these people. I want to get to know these people. So I'd rather go and work in a health food shop for six, 12 months until I figure out what the lay of the land is up here. And so anyway, I left that crappy job on the Gold Coast because he was eating meat pies out the back. And I'm like, yeah, again, can't work with someone I don't like and respect, right? And then got offered a job. And I really should go and thank this bloke. Um, I got offered a job in a very local area to me. And he, you know, and they had a dispensary. It's a lovely health food shop. And I was like, this is great. He goes, I can pay you $17 an hour. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, graciously declined and he said, oh, I could probably pay you 19 an hour in six months time if you're, if you're helping a business grow. Oh, and I really should write him a thank you card. Hey, um, because that, that was the last straw. And then I was like, what can I do from a country town in northern New South Wales that, A, isn't fishing in the same pond as everyone else? Because we call Byron a bubble, right? Byron is a bubble. Yeah, I did my training up in, in the Northern Rivers region and it yeah. definitely has that. It's a bubble and it's a, it's a very like-minded bubble. So there are a lot of naturopaths in this bu bubble because they were getting churned out of Southern Cross Uni at the rate of, what, 60 a year or something, right? So it's a, a very naturopath-rich 
bubble and there's a lot of scarcity mindset and people not making much money and high unemployment in this same bubble. So I was like, right, here's the edges of the bubble. What can I do that starts from that edge? Right? Uh, yeah, so totally. I will fish everywhere except that bubble, please. And thank you, universe. And so that's when I Googled how to start an online business. Ah, <laughs> Finding an innovative way to creatively change and, and pivot and find a solution to what's happening right then and there. Yeah, like why bang your head against a wall? Like at least go and find a different wall for a while. You know, you've you got to try something. And I just knew, I just instinctively deep in my gut knew that the bubble wasn't for me. And that there was something, something else that I was being called to do. And at exactly that same time when I was sitting there getting frustrated and getting right, because this all happened in a, in a time of a few months or maybe even less than that, a few weeks. And it was right at that time when I started, you know, I started thinking about what else I could do. And my cousin rang me and she had a very, very, very sick child who mm. was, not, I think she was about two years old and she was about to go and have an endoscopy for reflux. And my cousin was extremely afraid of having, you know, side effects from the anesthetic and all of this stuff. And, you know, what if something happens? And she said, oh, you know, I want to I know, is there anything naturopathically we can do to help minimise the side effects? And I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. What's she having the procedure for? She's like reflux. She vomits after every meal. She's always vomited after every meal. She's done this forever, ever since she was day one every meal, failure to thrive, you know, tiny kid, behavioural problems, you name it. Mm. Yeah, it turns out like our whole family has pyrols, right? <laughs> so when, so I actually sat my cousin down and said, okay, well, you know, how long till the procedure? Okay, well, why don't we take her off gluten, dairy, eggs and sugar until she, you know, just, and we have a big negotiation, didn't want to do it, but did in the end gluten, dairy, eggs and sugar for eight weeks until she has a procedure. 48 hours later, my cousin rings me. She no longer has reflux. She is no longer throwing up after every meal. My cousin is just like, praise be, right? And then the next thing she said is, why doesn't everyone know about this? You need to start a blog. Oh, it's like a drop down. <laughs> Cheers, cousin. <laughs> I'll send her a thank you card as well. Um, she knows. So, yeah, we're, we're forever in debt to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, sometimes you just have those really spooky and coincidental chains of events. And you always talk about being in flow, right? Mm. And it didn't feel like being in flow, yep. right? Because I was in this horrible health food shop on the Gold Coast with this horrible, awful man who was eating horrible food with a horrible, you know, mindset to what, how we should be selling his protein powders in the store. Yeah. And I quit that job to then get offered a horrible amount of money in a, in a health food shop. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, honestly, I was at that point where I was like, maybe the universe is telling me not to be a naturopath. Like, is, I'm out of flow, right? But I wasn't out of flow. I was actually being pointed towards the flow. Like, it was almost like I was in flow 
because I was having all these shit things happen. <laughs> but it would have been really easy to go into this victim mindset and go, that's it, not meant to do this. Mm. But it's like, wait, 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 wait. This is a massive big deal. Like if you walk away now, like you need to, you know, is there anything else that I need to know? And that's when like my, that, all that stuff went down with my cousin and I was like, oh, I'll just try that for a while. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? And then, you know, those, those little uh, signposts, those little, and, and they don't come as easy as we would like them to all the time. And sometimes they're the exact opposite of what we want to actually see. But when you're flowing down a river, sometimes you bump up against the edges of the river so that you can, you know, get into that fast paced stuff all over again. But the bits yeah. on the side are just like, ah. You know, when you come to a signpost that says bridge out, you don't stop and go, oh, that's it, I'm never going to cross the river. You go look for another bridge. Yep. That's total innovation in its, in its like, essence. How <laughs> is it figureoutable? How can we do what we need to do to get where we need to go? And um, how, I mean, the, the figure-outing bit, it, you've done it with the, your your job then you did it with an e-course then you um figured out a way to really not just share with um your family members not just share with your community but now you've been able to share it um on a platform that actually can go global through um your podcast can you tell us about uh that innovation and connection that you have through that incredible platform I don't even know how the podcast started, you know. <laughs> Again, I think it was like, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, shiny object. You're very shiny. I like you. Um, actually, because when I did B-School, I, um, I, I was drawn into this group of local women who were all studying this course at the same time and we ended up having this little mastermind. You know how good masterminds are. It was like tears one week and celebrations the next. It was really intense and, you know, I've got friends for life in there. And one of the people in that group is a voiceover artist and she started a podcast way before I did. So I think I was just, I was around it and then I was kind of poking my head up going, hmm, that looks like an interesting way to get to people. And there was, there's, there's, parts of, there's parts of me that's ticking off a bucket list of all the things I wanted to be when I grew up right? And it was um, ballerina and nurse and author, right? And then I ended up being a stripper, a naturopath and a blogger and we'll be, you know, we'll be a writer. Um, we'll get published at some point. So it's like I've, I'm ticking them off, but in my way, right? I love it. <laughs> do it. it uh, huge believer in do it your way and do it in alignment with you. And I love that quirky edge that you have through those positions. Awesome. <laughs> But there was a part of me that always wanted to be on the radio, right? Because my, my cousin was on the radio. He was, oh, he was on three PBS FM doing electronic music before electronic music was even a thing, right? Playing like Kraftwerk and Jean-Michel Jarre and trying to tell me that, that in 10, 20 years' time, everyone's going to be listening to electronic music. And this was in like 1982 and I was six years old and I was like, you're weird but this music's kind of cool. But yeah, there was part of me that always wanted to then from that point be on the radio because it just looked so cool. So I think, I do think that somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm just ticking things off a bucket list and went, ooh, podcast, that's the next step. I'm just always looking for the, the next thing or the next step. And if the flow is there, 
then I will do it. And it just so happens that the, the, um, the wellness couch that I'm on, which is a podcast network. So I, again, I didn't DIY it. I went, how can I make this easy without spending too much money? Right. But how can I, how can I make this easy and how can I be supported in this? So I went to a podcast network and there's things that you don't get when you go with them right? Like you don't get your name in the, you know, at the top of the podcast. Mine says straight talking, natural health by the wellness couch. It doesn't say by Jules Galloway. I don't care. Do you know what? Because that's like six hours of my fortnight I get back by getting them to do it for me so they can have the name. Right? Oh, <laughs> totally. I'm all for ease and grace wherever you can take it and exactly. whatever they cause, ease and grace is the way to go. Exactly. I'm like, I'm 80% happy with that. We're doing that, right? So, but it just so happens that the person who's one of the heads of the wellness couch lives two towns over, right? So we can sit down, we can have coffee, we can actually meet. He's an amazing guy. We had some mutual friends. I was like, right, this is easy. We're doing this. We're doing this. I'm not even shopping around. I'm doing this. And next thing you know, I've got a podcast. Love, love, love it. I love that there seems to be a thread of, um, you essentially wanting a certain thing, noticing when the opportunity comes up for that, creating it and getting yep. it in alignment with what you currently have and then seeing whether it is really in alignment with you and then just jumping on it. Because if it's not, like you can test it, you can stick your toe in the water and if it's not right, you, you're allowed to walk out. Like you, no one says you're locked into doing that thing forever. So I, I, I kind of test things by doing. <laughs> we are naturopaths. We are practitioners. We are, you know, we are in the world of experiments. We are in the world of going with what's coming up in that moment and being able to help in that moment in the best way that we can with the tools that we have. And mm. you're just doing on this life scale from what you've just told us about right well i've got the tools from being a dancer that's coming in here as well i've got the tools from and that's coming in here as well <laughs> yeah i definitely have tools from being a dancer definitely might might have to go into that in a bit more detail at netx actually I can't <laughs> wait to hear uh, about those beautiful parallels uh, at netx it's going to be super super cool to, to hear that. So the, the last thing I wanted to really connect with you about, um, and if you haven't signed up for Jules' podcast, where can we find that? Uh, you can just get on your iTunes and search for Straight Talking Natural Health. It's that Straight same. Talking Natural Health. I love that. It's totally in alignment with you. Good, good fit. Mm, let's see. <laughs> So the other thing that came up and the other opportunity that I, um, I really um, have seen a, a shift and a change and an, an enrichment of um, how you show up in the world, uh, another opportunity that came up for you that you really jumped on and then brought so many of your different tools and talents to that um, was your, um, your connection with Volunteers International, IVI, oh, yeah. and, um, and how you are in a space of not just bringing your, um, your background in your life experience in your tough times, you're bringing your life experience as a naturopath, you're bringing your life experience as a voice for the people who aren't being heard, but you're melding all of that in different places around the world 
in your trips around the world. Can you give us a little bit more of an insight to that? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm off to Fiji in three days, actually. No, no, two days? What's today? <laughs> three days, three days, three days, people. <sighs> you should see the pile of crap down here next to me because it's just the packing pile is just medical equipment. So, so it started, it actually started when I went to Greece. Um, I crowdfunded a trip to Greece, which if anyone ever wants to volunteer and you think you can't afford it, please get in contact with me. I will help you crowdfund. I will teach it for free. I don't care if it gets you out there volunteering, like call me, call me, call me, right? Because, yeah, I... Take the opportunity, people. Massive opportunity. Yeah, seriously, if it gets another volunteer out there, I'm more than happy to help. That's my give back, right? But So I've crowdfunded a trip to Greece to go and work in the Syrian refugee camps with a group called Involvement Volunteers International, and they took like 40-something health practitioners over there. Doctors, nurses, naturopaths, nutritionists, dietitians, the works, right? So... That was the most amazing experience, but I ended up forming a really close bond with Lauren Lacey, who's the director of IVI, because once we got there, the 40 of us split into like five or six different teams, and she happened to be on my team for the first week, and we just got along like a house on fire, and there's a couple of little glitches that happened during that trip that I kind of took charge of, and I think she banked that somewhere in her mind, and then six months later, she rings me out of the blue in July 2017 and says, IVI want to start something, we don't know what, but we want to start something in Fiji. It'll be a nutrition project. Do you want to go over there and start something? And I was like, yeah. She's like, cool, you leave in three weeks. (laughs) And she gave me one other naturopath, a brand, brand spanking new uh, graduate. And so the two of us went over to Fiji uh, and we scoped out projects. And what what ended up uh, coming of that one trip was that we decided to focus on diabetes prevention and education. And, and it's, that's something where there's so much common ground. It doesn't matter whether you're a doctor, a nurse, a naturopath, a dietitian. We can just about agree on everything, apart from when one of my dietitians tried to get them all onto equal but that, or Splendor or something, but that's another story I forget. They don't even sell it in Fiji, I don't think. And I was like, um, before you go and tell like 500 people to take Splendor, do you want to just check and see if it's in the shop? And anyway, that, that's another story for another day. But apart from that, we can all pretty much agree like the sugar they're consuming over in Fiji is immense and the white carbs they're, they're having over there is immense. And we can all agree that that's the problem. So we can all work together to find a solution. So we decided to start going over and screen as many people as we can for like high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and then while we've got them at the screening stations, we, we do a bit of like height, weight, waist circumference, try and get some data as well. Uh, but the main thing we give them feedback on is the blood pressure and blood sugar. And then what we do is we have a table set up because flow, right? Flow. So Damon Gamow, who did that sugar film. Oh, yeah. He lived in the same town that I used to live in, right? And my husband works as a barista there, makes his coffee, doesn't have sugar in his coffee, by the way. Oh, good. But, yeah, makes his coffee and then says, would you like me to, you know, get his email address because I'm like, oh, I need to know how to do some of this sugar stuff. Right, right, right. So, anyway, they, the really lovely people at That Sugar, um, gave me some pointers on how to educate people and they said, right, this is so easy as well, they said just get the products that they eat and then get Ziploc bags and get sugar and then write how many teaspoons and then start teaching people and just watch what their faces do. Yeah. You know, and so we go in and, and like we would set up a sugar station 
and put one of the volunteers on the sugar station. And as soon as someone had medium to high blood sugar, right, they'd over to the next table. Just come over to this table because, you know, we want to know, are you having any of these foods? Sit down. And we would hand them the bag of sugar. Yeah. So don't just show them the bag of sugar. This is really important for anyone who does workshops anywhere, right? Yeah. Don't, or even one-on-ones if you're doing yeah, it in person. Don't, yeah, don't show them the sugar. Hand them the bag of sugar. And they, their hand would go, oh, it's heavy. And we'd be like, yes, that's because there's a lot of sugar. And they're like, is that how much sugar's in this? And we're like, yeah. So anyway, the Sheraton gets wind of what we're doing, invites us over to do their staff on this tropical island in the middle of nowhere. And then we're there and they've, 20% of them had high blood sugar or something ridiculous like that out of this because the staff live there out the back. A bit like if you're living and working at Mount Buller or something, right? The staff are living out the back of Sheraton in the dorms and they've got a mess hall. And I was like, all right, show me what you eat, right? If you're all, you've all got this high blood sugar, show me what you eat because you're eating here. This is something we can get changed. So we were just there looking for opportunity. We're like, all right, show me your mess hall. So we'll go to the mess hall and they're like, oh, this is what we have for breakfast and they're eating cake. Okay, so do you want to just swap that for some maybe some whole grain toast and some eggs, even wheat bix? Like I'm desperate. I'll I'll let you eat wheat bix. Like in Australia, <laughs> I don't let anyone eat wheat bix, right? I'm like, do yep. you eat wheat bix? And they're like, no, all we get is cake. So Jules, get this is where the corporate skills come in, right? Yeah, show it. <laughs> no, no. But first you write that one, and then you breathe, and then you go back and you read it again, and then you yep. soften it, and then you throw some evidence in from PubMed as to why diabetes is going to cost them more money as a company because, you know, your staff are dying and having sick days. So they, that's going to actually be costly. Like how about we do stuff? It turns out the whole Sheraton Marriott Starwood chain was implementing like a wellness program across their whole like South Pacific region because they'd gone on TripAdvisor and done research and got, get this, realised that if this, they've correlated staff health and happiness with more stars on TripAdvisor ratings. I can help you with that. That's amazing. See so an now, opportunity. <laughs> so now we do four Sheratons in Fiji for Sheraton Marriott Western mm-hmm. and another Sheraton in Fiji. Now we're doing Sheraton Samoa for the first time in March. And now we're, we're starting up, even though there's no Sheraton in Vanuatu, we're like, let's start a project in Vanuatu. So now we've got, we've got four trips going to Fiji every year and hopefully all going well, touch wood, two to Samoa and two to Vanuatu every year. And then someone rings me, for, someone, someone gets in touch for a discovery call as a patient this week. Turns out she's lived in Tonga and is a nutritionist. And I was like... <laughs> Hi. Pacific Island region can get this type of level of help that's applicable and actionable straight away. I'm going for the Royal Flush. I'm like, we've got room for Cook Islands? Yeah, anyone? Anyone? So, look, and now now IVI are talking about sending me to try something in Bali, not diabetes because, like, they've got a whole other set of problems. But they're they're, they're like, well, since you have the golden touch, do you want to just go and... Poke, out, poke your nose around in Bali and see what opportunities there are there. And I'm like, ooh, something different. Because remember, same four walls. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So that's, the, that's the thing. There was no nutrition project in Fiji. There was nothing, right? And we just we blew it up into something really, really, I, I, I'm really loving it. It's something really wonderful. And also 
it's like third and fourth year students are coming, first year graduates are coming, they're learning to do blood pressures and blood sugars and things and they're also learning to talk to patients and we're talking like this trip we're hoping to do 1500 health checks right we have a team of nine or yeah i think we've got a team of nine this time 10 and we're hoping to do 1500 checks so that's 1500 opportunities for someone to learn blood pressure right with a manual machine because they don't let them cheat very often someone brought an auto machine last time and i was like (laughs) hide that You do manual first. Not only from a practitioner perspective, um, polishing your skills, learning new ways of really connecting with um, uh, people, humans, with genuine, um, you know, life-shortening conditions in places where they wouldn't have that type of help. But that impact, those people are then affecting their families. You know, that, that information, they go actually, this isn't the best choice for my kid. Actually, this isn't the best choice for grandma who's actually lost senses in her, you know, the tips of her toes and the tips of the fingers. This isn't, you know, it's a ripple effect. And it's extraordinary to think that you went from a, a spot where you were so worried that you couldn't make it as a naturopath, that you had chosen the wrong profession, <laughs> that you were looking to, um, to go back or redirect or do whatever you, it took not to be a naturopath, then you now affect 1,500 p- people at a time <laughs> in a program that, that has so far, wide-reaching, ex- it's just extraordinary. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's it's so inspiring to take pivot after pivot and opportunity after opportunity and then just, oh, my goodness. And so for those naturopaths that are uh, nutritionists, herbalists or other practitioners who are out there, in that moment of, I don't think I can do this, I, don't, I think the universe is actually telling me maybe not, what do you have to say to them? The universe might be right but the universe might be trying to point you to something that you haven't considered yet. Mm. So sit with it a bit longer. And, and curious. Yeah. Yeah. What else is there? What, I don't care if it doesn't exist. What have you got to lose, right? This program in Fiji didn't exist. Imagine if I'd said, nah, I'm not good enough, right? Imagine, right? Or imagine if I'd said, oh, no, we won't work with a big company because big companies are bad. And scary and, and scary and you have to like talk to people in suits and shit, right? <laughs> right, emails. But the other thing is, is that I, I honestly truly believe that the only moments that I went backwards and now I know that it wasn't backwards, it was just a stopping point to reassess. But the only times that I really went backwards was when I decided that I wasn't good enough. Not So it's... It, just check in and make sure that when you're thinking of chucking it in, is it because you think you're not good enough? And if so, go and work on that first. Because if you think you're not good enough and you chuck it in, I'll guarantee you the universe will try and teach you the same lesson in the next job you have. I don't care what it is. You can be working in a bank. You can be a window cleaner for all I care. You can go back to your corporate for I don't care. The universe will teach you the same lesson over and over. So you might as well learn it this time before you chuck it in. So if it's coming from a place of I'm not good enough, I don't accept that, keep looking, right? 
because I think, I think that's the only thing that saved me was realising that I needed to stop taking it personally yeah. and get on with it. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're, you're that straight-talking naturopath side of things. I'm so <laughs> excited to have gold nuggets like that and so many more coming to the NADEX. Um, if you've gotten anything out of this, um, imagine what it's going to be like to do an actual workshop with Jules uh, up on the Gold Coast uh, in February. So we've got one last question for you, Jules. The themes of NADEX are connection, collaboration and innovation. And how do you see them and how they work in your practice and business? Um, and how, how do you take those on board? With connection, I think that I am real with people without oversharing all the time. And someone on, oh, I saw something on Facebook just yesterday about oversharing, you know, that that because we're in this age of vulnerability and mm. people who are vulnerable online get applauded. Mm. But I do think as practitioners there's a fine line where we need to show a bit of vulnerability and then a bit of professionalism and strength and we, yeah, it's a very fine line. But that connection is created when you throw in those rare moments of vulnerability where you you know where I jump online and say oh my god I wanted to post this photo of me in my wetsuit coming out of the water with my surfboard that my friend took because it's just pure joy right and I was laughing and it was sunny and it's just the most beautiful day and I almost didn't post the picture because my thighs looked jiggly and they were touching and I was like well that's not very Instagram but then I decided to write a post about how, fuck it, I'm going to post this photo anyway because look how happy I am and I want to show you how healthy you can be even after adrenal fatigue, blah, 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 blah. The thing went viral. And that's true connection. Like <laughs> the thighs go viral and I'm like, well, I didn't think that one through very well, did I? But that's, they're the things that people remember. But if I posted my thighs every day, we'd start getting off topic, Right because I really want to circle people back around to I'm the person to help you when you're burned out. That's what I do. I, you've got pyrols, come to me. You've got adrenal problems, come to me. You've got these gnarly health conditions, come to me. You're tired, come to me, right? But every now and again, I drip in some reality uh, so that they don't think I'm like this perfect person mm -hmm. with a six-pack and a perfect life, yeah. right? occasionally I slip up and eat gluten and one time I got dark circles under my eyes. So I posted a picture like this and people were like, oh, thank God, you make me feel like less of a, a failure for doing the same thing, mm. right? So, but you don't do that every day. You just put in a case. That's connection. For me, that's connection, right? Collaboration, I think we've talked about that enough today. Seriously, just don't be competitive. <laughs> just... Collaboration is in line with abundance. Competition is in line with lack. You choose. Um, innovation, go and find the thing that makes you feel a bit queasy and uncomfortable that maybe not many people are doing yet and look in other industries. Heaps of other people are doing podcasts. The podcast world is saturated. But at the time that I started my podcast, there weren't that many natural health ones and I don't even know if there were that any naturopaths, right? So go and have a look at what's innovative in the world and see how you can bring it into our industry early, right? So be an early adopter of stuff that other people are already doing in other industries. 
Totally. Thank you so very, very much. I, it's like gold nugget after gold nugget, people. Um, I, I've got my purple nugget here. Does that count? Oh, I've got a purple nugget, nugget, a green nugget. <laughs> a yellow one over my shoulder here. So, um, the, the beauty of all of this is um, I see so much alignment and um, I really feel like there is a way forward when we take these uh, gold nuggets and line them up and see how they apply in our own lives. And like anything that we do in the Naturepreneur um, movement and experience, uh, take an action on something that you've heard today uh, or come to the Natics, of course, but um, take an action, find something in it for you around how can you connect? Maybe it's that slightly vulnerable Instagram post. Maybe it's um, finding a collaborator and not going in it for the be all and end all, like um, Jules beautifully showed an example of just going over to Fiji to scope it out. And then what do you know? It's Sheraton and then 1,500 people in three days time. But I'm going to get affected oh by you. <laughs> Stop it. I've just not thought about it for 20 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> And maybe it's innovation. Maybe it's seeing, again, um, Jules's examples of seeing a way that you can take your experience and your tools from your previous um, life, <laughs> your previous uh, experiences, and bringing them in and seeing how things can be done differently, seeing those opportunities when they arise with your family, with the people around you, and uh, taking notice and doing that pivot and innovatively finding a new way of taking that into your practice. Thank you so much for joining us, Jules. Really appreciate your wisdom. If you want to keep um, in contact with Jules, you can find her at julesgalloway.com or you can just drop me a line at hello at julesgalloway.com and I will answer. Or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Jules Galloway Health. Beautiful. Thank you, guys. We will see you in the next vid. Bye.